Hello, my friends. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Christopher Alam at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We are on the subject of the call of God. And uh, I want to carry on with this subject. And um, today I want to talk to you about God's purposes, uh, God's purposes in calling us. What does he want to uh, accomplish by calling us? What does he want to do through us? So we who are called by God, and now I'm speaking, uh, I'm not talking about any specific ministry, but I'm talking about the general premises uh, of God calling us either to supportive ministry or to the fivefold ministry uh, ministry gifts. So they, this is this is the foundational uh, thing that uh, to which God uh, for which God calls us and what He wants to accomplish through us. And we'll go into the specifics later on. So if you look at the purposes of God, why God calls us to serve Him, and um, there are four basic things I want to look at. The firstly is God calls us so that the gospel may be preached. The preaching of the gospel, that is the very first reason, uh, which is, you know, the purpose of, of God calling us. So uh, the preaching of the gospel, which means reaching the lost, because as I said to you earlier, a couple of days ago, you know, every human being who comes to this world comes with a certain lifespan and a man is born and then a man has to die. And the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. That's what the book of Hebrews says there. You know, some religions, they talk about um, uh, what do you call it? Reincarnation, reincarnation, that when you die, you are born, you come back into this world, you're kind of recycled, but that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches we have one life and we have one shot at this life. And then after we die, it is appointed unto man once to die. And then the judgment, then we'll face uh, the Lord and we'll have to give an account for our lives. And we will either go to heaven or to hell. And the only one who can make a difference is Jesus, because Jesus died for all sinners. Uh, there's nobody who is left exempt of the grace of God, but the grace of God is extended towards all men. Doesn't matter what the extent or the magnitude or their, of their sins are. Uh, and the bottom line is this, if a person dies without Jesus, he goes to hell where he'll spend eternity. But if a person dies with Jesus, he will go to heaven where, he, where he'll spend eternity in the presence of God. And the Bible also says that God didn't create uh, hell for men, but he created hell for the devil and for demons. And so uh, the purpose of God is that every human being must hear the gospel. And that is really the main reason why the church is here on this earth. If you were to ask, wouldn't it be much better if the church was raptured and taken up to heaven to be with Jesus? It would be far better. So why are we here? What are we doing here? Well, we are here to preach the gospel to the lost because God has, has chosen it so that the gospel should be preached by men and women and it should be and those who preach the gospel should be sent out from the churches so god has ordained that the churches should preach the gospel in the way that the church sends out men and women who then go out to preach the gospel so the the purpose the number one purpose of uh, 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 that god has on this earth because of which he calls men and women to serve him is to reach the lost to reach the lost and um, the lost are reached through the preaching of the gospel. Now, you know, with this uh, COVID-19 pandemic, because we are going 
uh, online. You know, everyone is preaching online. Many churches all over the world are closed. And I've heard people, you know, there's people always alarmist. Uh, they don't look at the bigger picture. They're alarmists and they only see the present. They don't see the bigger picture. So I had people tell me, oh, the day of crusades is over. You can't do mass gospel crusades anymore. Uh, even church will be done differently. Everything will go online. And I said, this is nonsense because you know what? What is happening today, this pandemic will one day be over and we'll be back doing our crusades. We'll be back doing street evangelism. We'll be back in our churches. This thing that is happening now is not forever because you see, here's one thing. The media is good. The internet is good and we should use the media and we should use the internet to preach the gospel. But hear my words, nothing, nothing and nothing will ever replace a human being standing before people opening his mouth and preaching the gospel to them. Nothing will ever replace the face to face, eye to eye, when you stand before people either on an, in an individual situation or in a small group situation or in a mass crusade situation where you stand before hundreds of thousands of people when you stand face to face before men and women and preach the gospel to them. Nothing will ever replace that. We should use the radio, use the TV, use the internet, but the internet, radio and TV media will never replace the face-to-face -face preaching of the gospel. So we have to use everything we can, face-to-face -face preaching of the gospel, radio, TV, media, everything we can do to preach the gospel. Now, another side of it is that uh, sometimes we have to meet people's needs in order to preach the gospel to them. Say, for example, when you go to Africa, uh, you see many hospitals built by missions and you see clinics, you see schools and there's compassion ministries, uh, helping lepers and helping the sick and helping the poor and the needy. There's those who are feeding the hungry, all these and or bringing relief when there is uh, there's an, uh, a catastrophe of nature, there's a hurricane or a flood or an earthquake, the church is always there helping people. And so, uh, so the church not only sends out evangelists and apostles, but the church also sends out doctors and nurses and teachers to, to reach the people. And so doctors straight and nurses, they, they treat patients and, and the teachers go out and establish schools in which they teach the kids. But all these things have one purpose, that we use these, uh, uh, these good works, these humanitarian works, uh, because it opens their eyes to the gospel. And we, but the ultimate goal is not just to educate people, it's not just to treat people medically. It's not just to dig wells for them. It's not just to feed them, but that they must be saved. Because you know what? Here's the thing. You can take the poor in Africa and educate them and you can feed them. You can build schools and clinics for them. But unless they come to Jesus, it is from the viewpoint of eternity, it is all in vain. But unfortunately, what has happened over uh, you know, over the past 150 or 170 years that, uh, that the gospel has been around in certain parts of the world. What has happened is that these humanitarian 
helps that were originally instituted as uh, as uh, doorways to the gospel who these things were the means to the ends and the ends was actually to get people saved now the means themselves have become an uh, uh, an end so you've got lots of <coughs> organization they send out doctors they send out nurses uh, and many of them are not even saved they they, they don't have, even know what the gospel is and they go out and do missions and they do good works because the whole objective is to do good works and many of their so-called uh, workers that are sent out don't even know how to preach the gospel. So uh, somewhere down the road, the purpose gets lost. So we must always maintain that purpose when we do missions field. And so if there's a catastrophe of nature and we send out a relief team, we should always remember that we are sending this relief team out to help people show them the love of Jesus so that they may turn to him and 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 receive the gift of eternal life because that is the ultimate goal of missions is to bring people to Jesus Christ and all these schools hospitals clinics and relief and catastrophe help these are things we do to show the love of Jesus to people to meet their needs but the goal is that they come to Christ so uh, i'm uh, you must always remember this that the ultimate goal of missions is the preaching of the gospel. Hallelujah. Praise God. The second uh, purpose of missions is making disciples, making disciples. And to make disciples, we need apostles, we need evangelists, we need Bible teachers, we need pastors, we must plant churches. One of the things we must do when we go to missions uh, territories, we do missions, is that we plant churches because churches are always the crucible of revival. Like when I'm in Africa, when I was in Burma, we went to different places where, especially in, in unreached countries like Burma and all that, we would, we would go to places where there were no churches. We would preach the gospel, hold a crusade, and preach the gospel and then we would start a church so that the people could begin to go to those churches and in the churches that's where they were taught and that's where they were discipled and then we asked the pastors and uh, that all these new believers you have find young men and women who are promising who you can detect that they have a calling of God in their lives and send them to us, to our church planting school, which was in the capital city of Rangoon, and they would send their uh, their uh, students to the church planting school, where would where we would train them, and we would send them out, and they in their turn would, uh, you know, uh, after they were trained, they would go out and they would plant a church, and they would send people to us. So that's why uh, that is how. The church is perpetuated by making disciples because it's not enough to do a meeting and people raise their hands and they receive Christ and we, then we say, well, these people are now saved Then we leave them. You know, it's like uh, a woman, a pregnant woman goes to a hospital to give delivery to a baby and when her baby, to give birth to a baby and when the baby is delivered, we just don't leave the baby and come back home and say, well, we had a baby, but we have to bring that baby home. We have to nurture that baby and feed that baby. And then we have a responsibility to that baby for years until that baby grows up and becomes a teenager and can take care of himself. Then he goes off to college and even after he's gone to college, we still keep on speaking into his life and then he gets 
uh, becomes, you know, a full adult and he's married and has his own family. Even then the parents have a certain influence upon his life. So, so it is in the supernatural. Uh, so we need discipleship is very, very, very important. And so like when we do our crusades in Africa, uh, our team, my team is most of them are Bible school trained. Why? Because I wanted my team to be equipped and to qualified to teach the churches participating in our crusades how they can make disciples because after we finish our crusade we are gone so uh, but the churches have to do that and many churches I found out they don't have the know-how sometimes they're not even motivated because they have done everything and they have failed so uh, they know how to uh, how to preach the gospel do an altar call and when people come they just pray for them and then they let them go but but no we train our workers to tell to train the churches that you must visit these people in their homes and you must disciple them and how we can go to the utmost limit in our efforts to disciple people because making disciple is the key uh, and that's how uh, the gospel is uh, you know move forward and, and and the church is perpetuated and in Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20 and Jesus came and said to them all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So, uh, you know, people think that the Great Commission is just to preach the gospel and to reach the lost. No, the Great Commission is more than that. The Great Commission is to preach the gospel and to make disciples and to teach them everything that Jesus has taught us. So the Great Commission is not just uh, the evangelist standing in the evangelistic field and preaching the gospel and, 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 and people responding to the altar call and giving their lives to Jesus. No, the Great Commission begins in the local church where we train evangelists, where we train pastors, where we train people, then train missionaries, then we send them out and we support them financially and with prayer. And there they go out and they make, you know, they bring people to Jesus. And then we have teachers and pastors who teach the new believers and churches are planted. So this is a, the Great Commission is actually a broad effort beginning all the way from the local church at home. That's where the Great Commission begins to the other end, uh, you know, past the evangelists and the, the altar calls and the follow up and to the established new churches where those new converts are, uh, are disciples. So it starts with the church and it ends with the church, you can say, starting with the church, then the evangelistic effort, then the follow-up, and then the establishment of new churches. So that is how we preach the gospel, we bring souls to Jesus, and we make disciples, and we teach them that all things Jesus has taught us. And to do this, we need the apostles, we need evangelists, we need Bible teachers, we need pastors, we need everybody. So all these people have to be trained. And so there's a lot of training involved in all this and training and sending out and supporting. So if we want to do this, we have to train and support and send out. So that's the second thing in God's purposes. The first thing is the preaching of the gospel and that is reaching the lost and then also meeting people's needs in order to bring the gospel to them. And that's why I was talking about, 
you know, hospitals, clinics, schools, relief work and compassionate ministry, feeding the hungry, etc., etc. All these are part and parcel of preaching the gospel. But the end goal is always to win souls to Jesus, not the good works in themselves, but the bringing of souls to Jesus and then making disciples. Now, the third purpose is training laborers for the harvest. Train laborers for the harvest field. Second Timothy 2 verse 2 says, uh, this is Paul writing to his spiritual son Timothy. He says, and the things that thou hast heard of me amongst many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Now this is Interesting because Paul is now not just thinking of his ministry. Because you know, many people think of their ministry. Well, my ministry, and I want to preach, and I want to do this. And when I have preached, I've done things. I've had the altar call, laid hands on people. We had a good meeting. I take my offering, then I go home. Now that's 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 nothing. That's in fact, I would say that is wrong. Training ministries labors for the harvest. Second Timothy two two. Paul says to Timothy, this is what he says. He says, Timothy, the things that you have heard of me, the things that is the first generation that you, the second generation, have heard of me. He says, commit them to faithful men. That's the third generation who shall be able to reach others also. That's the fourth generation. So Paul is thinking three generations down from him. In other words, it's four generations. So he says to Timothy, he says, Timothy, the things that I have taught you, you take the same things and you teach them to other people who in turn shall teach others also. So we have to think when we train laborers for the harvest, we have to think ahead. We can't just think of ourselves and our ministry because then when we are gone, everything is gone with us. But we have to commit the things that we have learned to others and these others they will take the ball from us and they're going to run with it and they're going to pass it on to others. And then those will pass it on to further down the line. So Paul was thinking of three generations down from himself or rather four generations in all. He said to Timothy, he said, Timothy, the things that you have learned from me, the things that I have taught you, you take those things and commit them to people who you will disciple so that they can take those things and pass them on to others either. So that is training labors for the harvest. So we perpetuate the gospel. We perpetuate the train, the preaching of the gospel by training people. And the people we train have got to be proficient. We got to make them strong and proficient so that they can do the job as well as we do. You know what? Let, let me just say this. When we do our crusades in Africa, uh, we, we see, I mean, we see huge, humongous, tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of people come to Jesus. We see signs, wonders, and miracles. But you know, one thing I can tell you this, I can tell you this, that there are, have been times when I've not been able to go because I've been stuck somewhere. For example, once I was arrested in Burma and I was stuck there, I almost missed my entire crusade in Africa. But you know what my team did? They have been with me so long and I have trained them and taught them and they have watched me. So when I finally made it to Africa, 
for the last two nights of the crusade. I had missed the first four nights. My guys had gone up and they had preached the gospel and they did a fantastic job. It was as if I myself had been there. They preached the gospel with clarity and they, God used them to heal the sick. There were wonderful, wonderful miracles that happened. So it was not that people uh, felt like, oh, Christopher Allah isn't here, so God didn't do much. No, I mean, I could have stayed at home, not gone there, uh, but they would have done a great job. So. My team, my team in Africa is so trained that even if I didn't go there, they could carry a crusade themselves and they could hold a successful crusade because they've been with me long enough and they have learned the ropes and they know how to get the job done. So that is what we have to do. Uh, so we have to teach people and we have to teach people to teach so that they can teach as good as we can teach. We have to teach them to pray for the sick and cast out demons and preach the gospel so that they can do it as well as we can do it and even better than us. And we have to, you know, that is how we perpetuate, we pass on the ministry, that we uh, that, that we actually raise people up to do the work of the ministry and we think three, four generations ahead. So the things that you have heard of me, Timothy, pass them on to others who in their turn can teach others also. Praise God. And this perpetuation, you know, and training labors for the harvest, because the thing is that, you know, I've been doing this for 44 years I've, and I've been doing missions since, uh, I should say, yeah, since 1983, I've been doing full-time missions. I've been working overseas. Uh, and I'm older now and give me 15, 20 years and I'll be gone. But then there's a new generation coming up and it's our responsibility. Those of us who have been here for a few years, it is our responsibility to perpetuate so that they can carry the flag and they can run with it and they can preach the gospel after we are gone. Hallelujah. Praise God. Number four. The fourth is, is uh, maintaining the purity of the gospel maintaining that this is something we don't think of but the maintaining the purity of the gospel because see the gospel message is the only message that can change people's lives that can save people's lives and and over the years there have been many false gospels you know jesus talked about there shall be a time when there shall be false christs and false messiahs and people will say here he is there he is so there's many false messiahs and false Christs and along with that a false gospel because a false Christ or a false Messiah will always preach a false gospel. So you have false gospels. Then you've got gospels within the church that are perverted gospels and because they are perverted they are false also. So Philippians 1 7 this is what the Apostle Paul said he says knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. Paul took his responsibility very seriously. Not only was he preaching the gospel and planting churches and, and you know, like, he, he, you know, he trained up Timothy and, 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 and he, you know, he trained up a lot of people. He talks about Aquila, Priscilla, Timothy and Paul. And, and you know, there were others he, who he had a great influence on, on their lives and he discipled them. But one of the things he did was he defended the gospel because he felt like he had to defend the purity of the gospel from errors. And in the days of Paul, there were these two main errors. One was 
the Gnostics and the others were the Judaizers. Okay. Now the Gnostics, uh, let me explain to you in a, in a, in a, in simple words, in a nutshell, the word Gnosis means knowledge. So the Gnostics believed in higher knowledge and they used to, uh, they had this mindset that, you know, um, the, the gospel in its simple form is not enough. So you need this higher knowledge. You need a higher knowledge. You need higher revelation to understand fully. So you, that, that is though, you know, you, you, because the simple Bible, the simple verses of the Bible are not good enough. So you need, uh, you need higher knowledge and certain teachers have that higher knowledge. And let me give you the example of modern day Gnosticism. Say, for example, uh, demons, you know, the Bible tells us how simple it is to cast out demons. Jesus said, in my name, you shall cast out demons. So when, uh, whenever, like I'm in Africa and Asia, demons manifest themselves. And, and so what I do when demons manifest themselves, I just cast them out in the name of Jesus, period. But now there are people who are professionals who say, no, 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 no. Jesus said that in my name, you shall cast out demons, but it is not as simple as that. You need a higher knowledge and we have that higher knowledge. We have the revelation and we can teach you how to cast out devils. Firstly, you got to know the devil's name. You got to ask the devil his name because there's many demons and they all have names. Then you write down their names and you begin to cast out those devils. You call them by name one by one and then you cast them out. And then, you know, some kinds of devils don't go out that easy. You got to do this and you got to do that. So there's books written. There used to be a book called Pigs in the Parlor, you know, and you got, you got, and so what happened, something simple as this, Jesus saying, in my name, you shall cast out devils. You have to do all these, you have to jump through all these hoops and, 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 and suddenly something so easy becomes very, very difficult. And that's modern day Gnosticism. And, and Paul, one of the things that Paul did, and there used to be Gnosticism in his day, is that he fought to defend the simplicity and the purity of the gospel. The purity of the gospel was in its simplicity. The gospel is simple. It is so simple that even a child can grasp it and understand it. It is simple enough for a little child to hear it and to get saved. And so he felt like he was called by God to defend the gospel and we have to defend the gospel from modern day Gnosticism. In our day, we have to defend it. Now, what I gave you example of demons and deliverance ministry, that is one kind of modern day Gnosticism. And a few years ago, we had books called This Present Darkness, Piercing the Darkness. They were actually novels, but people took these novels and made doctrine out of them. So you had people dressed in combat boots come to do spiritual warfare against the devil, climbing up skyscrapers because you had to go to high places to fight the devil. All this nonsense, things that are not in the Bible, but people feel like you need to have that extra knowledge which is not in the Bible in order to do the will of God. That's one kind of uh, error in the gospel. The other kind of error in Paul's day was the Judaizers. So the Judaizers were those who said to the churches that, okay, you have been saved through grace, but no, 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 grace isn't enough. You have to, um, you have to keep certain elements of the law of Moses. So, okay, salvation is through grace by faith alone, but 
in order to grow in Christ, in order to walk with God, you have to keep the Jewish law or at least certain aspects of the law. And they used to push. They, that, that, those were called the Judaizers. They were trying to Judaize the Christian's faith. And you have those people today. There are people today who are saying, no, no, you can't say the name Jesus because that was not his name. His name was Yeshua. You have to say Yeshua. You cannot say Jesus anymore. And I always say, hey, I've cast out more demons and seen more people healed through the name of Jesus than you have seen through the name of Yeshua. Yeshua is what they call him in the Hebrew, but Jesus uh, is for the whole world. You know, I mean, in, 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 in Greek, they called him Jesus. In, 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 uh, in Swedish, we say Jesus. And in, in Dutch, they say uh, 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 Jesus. And then you have got Jesus in French. You've got Yesu in Arabic. And, uh, and you've got Jesus in English. These are the same. They're the same name, but they're spoken in different ways. But people say, no, you have to say Yeshua. And then some people say you have to keep certain parts of the law. You've got to keep certain feasts. If you are, you know, if you're really saved, you have to keep certain Jewish feasts and you must do this and you must do that. And all this is people who are trying to Judaize the Christian faith. Then they're saying you cannot worship on Sundays because they used to meet in the synagogue on Saturday and they're trying to take us back into our Jewish roots and all that, you know, and so, you know, it's a never ending thing. So we have to, that is, that is, you know, part number four. We as Christians, we have to, uh, to preserve the simplicity of our faith. We have to keep it at its simplest, at its purest form as it is in the Bible. So we have got the New Testament and we have to maintain the purity of the gospel according to the New Testament. And uh, if you study, especially study the writings of Paul, study Galatians and, uh, and, and study Romans and study the book of Hebrews, then you will see that. You will see how Paul, he fought to keep the, the, the gospel of Jesus at its purest form. And you and I have to do that. So these are the four things uh, that are, I should say, the main purposes. Uh, the preaching of the gospel, making disciples, training laborers for the harvest, and then maintaining the purity of the gospel. Now, tomorrow we are going to talk about how to know your calling, how to know your calling and how to develop and grow in your calling. And we'll do that tomorrow. But let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters who can hear my voice. I ask you to touch them and use them mightily for your glory. Father, bless them, bless their homes and their families. If there be any sickness or disease in their house, I ask you to heal them, make them whole by your power. I thank you, Father, that you are good and merciful and your mercies endure forever in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you people, good people, and may your home, your house be blessed. And uh, if you have any questions, any comments, please do write to me. God bless you.